0: Welcome back to the Talking Chop podcast brought to you by the folks over at Cheapest Staff KC. Uh, with Thanksgiving coming up, Lucas wanted to take a couple extra precautions uh, before being around family this week, so I'm riding solo. Uh, but this week we're joined by Grant Gooding, CEO and founder of Proof Positioning. Grant, uh, Katie Lord told me you're pretty happy to uh, be in studio to talk some chop this week. Are you excited to be here? Is that what she said? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's great to have you here. Uh, I'm excited to uh, get into things, but... Um, the Chiefs survived their first trip to Vegas with a 35-31 to uh, 31 W over the Raiders on Sunday night. Um, hell of a, a finish there, but uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but this week we'll cover Grant's entrepreneurial journey, uh, starting proof positioning, um, another fantastic performance by the Chiefs offense, our fantasy picks for week 12, uh, and then our preview for the Bucks game coming up in, on Sunday in Tampa Bay. Uh, but first we're gonna bring you our positions of the week brought to you by Chief of Staff KC, your local trusted talent scouts. We're a recruiting firm in Brookside and we'll bring you the best accounting and finance, admin, marketing, HR, operations and sales talent Kansas City has to offer. Um, so with Lucas being gone this week, I'm gonna read his position for him. He's got a project accountant uh, and staff accountant position open right now with a company up in the Northland. Um, really just looking for a bachelor's degree in accounting uh, and then one to four years of experience on that end Um, and they got apparently great benefits package some good perks and compensation on as well uh, with a lot of vertical growth Uh, on my end on the operations side of things we actually have a lot of temporary positions uh, contract roles coming up here before the end of the year uh, with a company that's really quickly growing out in overland park Um, we've been posting about it on our socials all week Um, so if you or anyone you know any family members friends you know people back from college uh, studying from home. Anyone that needs a contract position uh, to make some extra cash for the holidays, hit us up. A uh, number of different positions from admin to operations to payroll to a number of different things. So uh, if you're looking for contract work, let us know. Uh, but those are your positions of the week brought to you by Chief of Staff Kansas City. Well, Grant, thanks again for being here this week. Um, you know, it's great to have you here. Great to get to know you over the the past couple of months. I know that you and I were like on a Casey Cam board together and we've seen each other around, but um, ended up getting coffee, and uh, uh, it was great to get to know you. but uh, um, looking forward to uh, learning from you a little bit more today. but um so you you kind of gave me a brief background of yourself when we met, but uh, for the folks who don't know, can you kind of give us a, a brief career background before you jump into things?
1: Career background. Um, it's a uh, a mesmerizing story of me having no idea what I want to do, okay?. Uh, at first I wanted to, be, well, I started a, when I was in college, I started a, uh, I started a company by accident and forgot to go to class, mm-hmm. um, but it was having fun, making money and, uh, ended up having a staff of six people and then ran it into the ground extremely quickly, um, lost all my scholarships and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and it was at William Jewell, and they very politely asked me to leave, okay. um, which I deserve to. Um, and then uh, went back to school at UMKC, graduated, got my MBA, and then was going into law school and worked in, in grad school in law and decided that I hated it. Um, so I became a mergers and acquisitions analyst. I did that for about seven years. Mm-hmm. And the market tanked, and so uh, when the when the the uh, uh, housing market collapsed, the economy collapsed, banking collapsed. So it was a tough time to in that it was a tough time in that business. So uh, started experimenting with new ideas and developed a method of customer assessment that was pretty unique. Uh, and uh, eight years later, it's called Proof. Uh, and proof positioning. And um, we can essentially quantify emotional resonance. And why does that matter? It matters because the the human mind does not uh, use its smart brain when it makes decisions. So what clothes you put on this morning or what you eat for lunch or what car you buy all uses the same emotional process right. in your brain. So we found a way to map that process digitally, and we can tell organizations what to say to which people, using what methods to create the highest mathematical probability to close a deal. So wow. we have a really cool, we have a really cool, uh, I have a cool job,
0: for sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, what kind of markets do you guys typically go after for that?
1: Um, it,
0: it, as long as
1: there are people, that need to be convinced to buy something, Mm -hmm. whether it's a service or a product or donate money, uh, the brain goes through the exact same process. So we're very fortunate uh, that this works in almost every industry. So we've worked with multi-billion dollar, multinational CPG companies, professional services, distribution, manufacturing, Mm -hmm. but also sales and engineering and architecture. And probably the fastest growing part of the company right now is uh, nonprofits.
0: yeah
1: they we brought on we brought on katie lord who, right. I, who you met with um to head up that division she's doing a spectacular job but the the nonprofit world's being shook up big time right now right so um uh, it's a great time to help those organizations figure out how to pivot yeah um, make sure that they remain solvent and grow their donor bases so that's probably our fastest growing part
0: right now great um, well, I'm always fascinated to talk to entrepreneurs about, you know, their passions and kind of reasons for taking that risk to start their own company. So I know you mentioned back in college, you kind of had that entrepreneurial mindset, um, you know, all the way back then. Um, so I guess what led you to start something that early on in your career? I guess, what did you learn from that first failure? And then, you know, I guess why then, you know, after doing M&A for so long, did you then take that risk to start something with proof? Um... I think entrepreneurs are a
1: unique breed. You have something in your DNA that other people don't. Uh, not that it's a good thing. <laughs> right. It's it's. Uh, I really think it's we don't like being told what to do. Yeah. And it's not really a whole lot more complex than that. Right. And you have to have enough of an ego and a and the ability to believe in yourself to look at a situ- situation, a scenario, or a problem and say. I think I can figure out a better way to do that. Yeah. And and then bring value to the world. Um, and that is what happened when when I was in the MA space, there was the failure rates in that market are approximately 70%. So for for small ten million dollar acquisitions and less. So if you um, if you're a distribution company that that makes Pat Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Bobbleheads, yeah. did you know that about his mom? I didn't know his mom was so particular about that. Patrick? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody calls calls him that. I heard somebody the other day, announcer the other day, that was calling a different game, bring him up, and corrected himself. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But uh, so say you make bobbleheads, right, and you acquire another or manufacturing distribution company that makes bobbleheads for, like, custom bobbleheads. Right. Not too terribly different of a business, but the probability of... The, the, the organization that buys the other one of running that thing into the ground, mm-hmm. making it solvent, in, inside three years is 70%. That That's crazy. a horrible failure rate. Yeah. That's a lot of wealth and job destruction. So one of the things I wanted to try and figure out is if we could do something about that. And that was that was the genesis of the whole thing. It, it didn't really work um, because uh, it was supposed to be a due diligence tool, like a thing you're supposed to go through to help figure out whether or not we should do this acquisition or not. Right. But... Um, the lawyers and the sellers didn't want us anywhere near their company, which makes yeah. sense because they they're kind of well packaged and they have a price. They don't want anybody to upset that price that they're trying to charge right. for the company. So, um uh so that was a failure. Mm. But the model worked and it's taken a few revisions over the years. Gotcha. You gotta be pretty hard headed to be an entrepreneur too. Yeah. It's gonna work. I just gotta Turn the next corner. Yeah, I
0: mean, you got to believe in yourself when no one else does. Yeah, you yeah. got to have that, especially if you're gonna, you know, provide for a team and work for work for them to support them, uh, and you know, so respect that. Um, one of the other things I want to bring up so whenever your name comes up uh, in conversation through networking or whatever it is um, I always find it funny that you know everyone always talks about how how your how your mind works and it's just a little bit different than everyone else's meaning and that's a good thing it's not a it's not a bad thing it's just a bit more analytical and thoughtful than most people especially you know that I know I'm, I'm not a numbers person and you live in a world that I just really don't understand as well but um, how do you think that that kind of helps you run your company I One of the things that Katie admired about you is that your your willingness to just be open to new ideas and, you know, hire people that are smart to kind of run with, uh, you know, those ideas. But, um, you know, what's your kind of mindset to running a company and, you know, supporting your team? Well,
1: numbers are numbers. So there's no lack of numbers. No one's ever said to me, man, we really need data. Mm. They say we really need to understand this. We need to understand how to translate these numbers into something we can do. Our business is no different. Numbers are numbers, right? We look at numbers all the time to monitor growth. But one of the things that doing what we do has taught me is that I'm a friggin' idiot because we we look at a scenario in a company, and, and I've been doing this for a long time. I've seen literally like hundreds, maybe a thousand different business scenarios and and organizations and value and done valuations. So you'd think I'd be really damn good at it, mm. but I'm surprised all the time where I look at a situation and I say, "Okay, this is probably what's going on," and I'm totally wrong. Once yeah. the data comes back, it's extremely humbling. So after you get beat down <laughs> just time after time again, you know, uh, you kind of develop some uh, some real and some th- and uh, an intentional humbleness. Right. So, um. I approach our company the same way. I, I don't think I have all the answers. If I had all the answers, I wouldn't need anybody. Right. So I like to find people that have very specific subject matter knowledge mm-hmm. and then let them do what they want to do. Because that's the that's I mean that's a great to that's a great way to build a good company. Yeah. You when hire a smart person and come in and tell them what to do, why the hell would you do that? Right. That makes any sense. Just do just hire an idiot right out of college or something that doesn't know anything. And then teach them if that's what you want, but it's, 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 it's uh, it's a lot easier and you get a lot better results when you find people that know, already know what they want to do. Right. And um, so yeah, I just get, I do the exact same thing that we do for our clients. I sit back and I'm, hey, I'm an idiot. What would you do? You know, this market, you know, what has, what has value and then go get them.
0: Yeah. Well, I admire that approach. Um, You know, I, I feel like when, when you're talking about entrepreneurs or even, you know, companies coming together that end up failing, I feel like everyone might be a bit too hard-headed sometimes to to kind of approach things that way. Um, and, you know, you know you said uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, you have to have some form of ego to, uh, you know, start something like that on your own, but then that ego can sometimes get in the way. It definitely doesn't sound like you have that problem, so definitely respect that about well, you. I, I didn't used to,
1: <laughs> but you get old when you get old. When you get older, you start to realize that, well, it's Socrates, right? Like, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. Right. And um, if you don't like failure, you should definitely not be an entrepreneur. Right. Because it's not, the first thing's not going to work. The second thing's not going to work. You have to be resilient. You have to be open-minded. And um, if if you had all the answers, uh, nobody's going to follow you either.
0: Right. I get that. Uh, so the last time we met for coffee, um, you were kind of talking about uh, kind of like a new um, collegiate athletics, um, I guess, focus for your market research moving forward. Obviously, you know, with COVID, uh, budgets got, I guess, cut in half and um, probably not going to be as big of a focus moving forward. But are you guys, you know, looking to... I guess where do you guys see opportunities moving forward? Are you just gonna kind of double down on the divisions you have now? It sounds like nonprofits doing really well. Um, where do you see you know more opportunities for proof moving forward? Well, I um, I don't always know.
1: It's just I I it's just hypotheses. So mm-hmm. we have this really cool thing that we can use to figure stuff out, and it works in for-profit businesses. It works in associations, nonprofits, it, and uh, there's really interesting things that we can do. So my, part of my job is to figure out wh- what are other areas that we can use this tool without increasing our scope.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. uh, when you do that, you start losing money. Uh, and we thought, like, um, religious institutions could be one. That's one we've, we're, being, we're evaluating pretty heavily. Really? Um, they have very similar problems, Right. I sort of believe there's an inverse correlation that exists between faith and prosperity. Mm-hmm. When you have a, a population with high prosperity, faith tends to go down. When despair increases, uh, faith tends to go up. Right. So um, uh, it's it's been a constant issue in, for 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 folks that are trying to keep their churches and their uh, uh synagogues and everything mm-hmm. else um alive and thriving and they have very similar problems how do we get people to come back every you know sunday yeah do they want to just look everything online right do they want you know what what kind of family experience do they want they have right so um and sports is 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 one of those so we we had a product that um that I built that failed miserably uh you you got as as you do that's fine just figure it out yeah and so I thought of a different application for it um, when I was watching an old, when I was watching Jerry Maguire, believe it or not, um, and I couldn't change the channel because I was holding my yeah. <laughs> I was holding my six month old. You're stuck there. Yeah. And anyway, it, it hit me. I was like, Oh my gosh, we could actually really impact that market. So I started so I started uh, making some phone calls and talking to some uh, to Div one and Div two like football mm-hmm. and basketball coaches, and turns out there is some opportunity there. And what we can do is we can help coaches get what we're considered to be unprecedented clarity into the athletes that they're recruiting. Right. So right now it's not a very, it's the, the, they have their scouts and they have, you know, the kids submit videos and stuff. Right. For the most part, they don't know anything about these kids. Yeah. And, and they're making judgment calls on very short amount of time. So, Mm. um, we Can but because of our process, we can tell you we, I mean, we can tell you anything about anybody, it's right. a little freaky sometimes, but yeah. but we can we can uh really easily and quickly go in and look at these kids and come back and say, This kid's a gym rat, he's a quiet leader. Um, here are the most important things to this kid. Um, by the way, you know, he's got a girlfriend in a different state, and that might be an issue, mm-hmm. and and just be able to bring up things that are important to coaches. Right. We're learning all the time the types of stuff that they think are important. Can they do their own laundry? Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, uh, we can figure that stuff out really, really quick and give them data points that allow them to be more efficient with their. Think sm- small budgets, right? And the NCA puts a lot of restrictions on that. So um, anyway, we we uh, the coaches were very positive. So we ha- we have some. We have some uh, uh, projects in field right now to test it, see if it works. But if it does yeah. work, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. Yeah, sounds be, like it sounds like it's gonna be real cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, and you know, the amount of money that you could save, uh, you know, the athletic department, yeah, it's pretty pretty substantial, especially right now when you don't really know what the future. Well, and you're making a good match, right? There's an element of serendipity that
1: exists, I think, yeah. when you're selecting a school. But for the most part, we're what we're really doing is saying, hey, look, this kid's not gonna be happy um, playing playing ball for you, mm-hmm. or uh, and it's not because of anything that's wrong with the team. Yeah, it's it's other elements. Like this is a small town, you know, kid that you're putting in a big city, mm-hmm. and he's not. It's not. You know, it's not going to work. And here's the reason why. Um, so it's really it's not only uh, helping coaches saving the school money, which it will do. It's making sure that we have better fits with the kids. It'll decrease turnover. It'll decrease the probability of a kid leaving and going back home yeah. in the middle of the season. Because that's the story I hear a lot. Is we were banking everything on this kid. And he went to a different school, and now the coaches are like, Ugh. I mean, they spent money and resources on him, and now they got an empty spot on the field, and it's a big problem.
0: Right. So yeah, I, I get that, and I, I mean, I think that there's there's tremendous opportunity there. I mean, just in hearing you explain that, I it just makes so much sense. So it'd be fun. Best of luck be with fun. that moving forward. Yeah. Um, so to wrap things up on the, the talking shop side of things, every guest, we always ask, uh, three kind of rapid fire questions towards the end. So, uh, we asked for a recent first down sack and hail Mary. Uh, so first down is a recent bit of small success that kind of, you know, leads to more success. Um, a sack is a recent setback or failure you've had to overcome that you've learned from. And then a hail Mary is, you know, a big, you know, like hairy audacious goal here moving forward for, you know, 2021. So um, starting off with a first down, just a recent bit of small success that might lead to more. Um,
1: we've uh, we found that there are agencies, advertising agencies, marketing agencies, consultants, mm-hmm. um, that aren't good at research, big and small. Some are great. Um, but we found that this year in particular, that we can really provide them some value and, and create strong partnerships. And it's, it's made a difference for us financially and with quality work. Um, So I, and I've, I've had an absolute blast uh, uh, doing it, but there's, there's a few agencies that, that bring us in a lot to help. With work, yeah, and it's uh, it's it's good. It's great financially. It's great for clients. It's great because we're we're stealing money from like we just stole a big project from an agency in New York, yeah, and all that money is in Kansas Keeping City now. local, I like it. So we're and and so with most of these agencies, we're we're fighting to keep keep money or get money into Kansas City. Yeah, so that's been really fun. That's been good work. Um, Props to you for that. Um, sack, yeah. dude. I mean, you know, a sack is COVID. I mean, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. We lost a lot of money uh, right away because the world freaked out. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 um, people have got their heads on now and they're kind of realizing we have, we have to push our organization forward, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was, um, you know, that was, that's all, that was tough. It's tough for everybody. We're, right. we're super lucky we're Super because there are some people that just, they got devastated. Mm. I heard a stat, uh, I don't think this came out of the department of, uh, uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics. A hundred thousand small businesses have confirmed closed a hundred thousand. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things we were talking about in the office the other day was like how many of those were permanent jobs. I mean right. the transient jobs, that's 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 actually pretty fortunate if you're losing transient jobs because it's part of the business, right? True. So some of the wait staff and stuff in mm-hmm. restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um but what does the permanent loss look like? Yeah. Um I mean, it could be way more devastating financially than we could ever consider from human loss. I right. mean, um, Hundred thousand, hundred thousand business, a hundred thousand businesses.
0: It's nuts. It really is. Matt Basinger was in here last week, and we were talking about that. And he's like, uh-huh. you know, with him being an experiences based company, you know, now more than ever, it's important to support local business. So one, props to you for keeping money here in town. But um, you know, with the holidays coming up, and supporting that is really what's going to help them survive and to cut down on that number as much as possible. Yeah, we're so. going. We're going way.
1: We're going big on holiday presents this year, and we're yeah. getting all local. We're buying just Love all that. local stuff.
0: Basinger will figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> that dude's brilliant. He is. He'll figure it out. He is. Uh, all right, and then the, the last one would be a, uh, like a Hail Mary, a big goal that you got coming up, or one for 2021.
1: We try to double every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and every year I'm like, that crap ain't going to happen. <laughs> uh, we were on pace to double this year, and COVID just wiped that out. Yeah. Um, so we won't quite get there. So that's always my goal, Okay, so double next year. I
0: like it. I like it. Keep See. moving forward. All right. Well, I appreciate all that insight. Um, it's always great to talk to you uh, about business, but uh, let's, let's get into the Chiefs football. Um, so obviously, yet another uh, Mahomes Magic performance Sunday night. Um, every week, we give the guests the, the first take of the game. So with that, the time's yours.
1: Just on the game tell Yeah, on the game.
0: What, what were your first thoughts?
1: Um, I think we're lucky we won. Mm-hmm. I, I think we were outplayed. Um, I, uh, I was frustrated as hell with our pass rush. Yep. I mean, dude, Carr was having a picnic back there. Every snap. <sighs> I know. He's just dropping back and it's like their offensive line is made of like, r- right in the center there, the mm. safety or the, the center and those two guards, that's like a thousand pounds <laughs> those three guys or more. God, it was probably 11 or 1200 yeah. pounds. And nobody could get past him. Yep. I mean, I think Frank Clark kissed, you know,
0: Car's hand both. once, yeah. and that was it. You can't win games like that. I know they haven't been showing up like the last couple weeks too. I don't know what it is. I, it's been frustrating.
1: Um, we got, and I, th- you know, and, and I remember when the announcers at the beginning of the game were going through, and they're like, "Oh, there's all these guys on COVID that are out." And they're like, oh, it's gonna be devastating. I'm like, I'm not sure that's always true, right? right. A lot of times for those guys are hungry, mm. they got a shot if they're coming in and filling a role. hundred percent. And I'm like, ugh. Uh and we we played uh we we played consistent the whole game except yeah. for that last two minute uh yeah. that last two two minute drill. But
0: yeah, I mean it it really feels like uh the tides have turned finally in our favor. Like I remember um you know, I was laying in bed watching the the last drive. And I'm like, I, I had no doubt at all. And LeBron James tweeted out, and he's like, is there any doubt on that drive at all? But like, it reminds me of us playing Tom Brady and leaving too much time on the clock. And then every single time he drives down and wins the game and we're just left with our hearts ripped open. So finally, maybe we've got the tides are turned into our favor. But uh, yeah, I mean, Mahomes, um, you know, 348 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, I mean, if he hadn't thrown that interception at in the half, I wonder what that game would have looked like. But, uh, man, I mean, he's got to be the MVP front runner now, right? I mean, do you see anyone else out there? I, I I don't think so. I think part of the
1: reason, too, is the guy's been healthy. Yeah. I mean, there's so much. I mean, everybody's getting hurt. I think yeah. maybe it's just because people weren't getting reps in in the preseason.
0: Right. Um, because of COVID. But if he stays healthy, I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, Russ has thrown what like seven interceptions in the last five games or something crazy like that. And you know, I mean, uh, Rogers just lost to the Colts, so yeah, I don't know, we'll see. But, um, I mean, Kelsey and Hill continue to continue to kill it. Kelsey had eight catches for 127 and a touchdown, Hill had 11 catches. I think he had like five catches on that first drive, (laughs) he was just all over the place. Um, I don't think anyone can stop this, too, like anyone. Hill, uh, we were talking about uh, Darren Waller and Kelsey being, you know, athletically similar. Um, but I mean, it, I, just name a defense that's going to stop that. <laughs> We've yet to come across one. Maybe the Bucks next week, but I mean, we'll see. But then also, Derek Carr really did come to play. I mean, it's you know, it's very rarely that someone outperforms Mahomes and still loses. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a game on that end. I mean, you know, he's he's been so up and down in his career. I mean, played with injuries too. Uh, but I mean, he looked like an MVP out there. He like, did he really did what a good game. Yeah, and
1: I kind of wondered too, like, was that? Did we just get outplayed physically? Because, uh, and it almost looked like, like Andy knew it. Yeah, because the game plan was get the ball out of Pat's hands, as Patrick's hands, as fast as possible. Yeah, and um, so I don't. I'm, I'm wondering, like, did Gruden? Was that? Do we give that to Gruden or not? Sometimes he looks brilliant, and sometimes yeah. you're like. what?
0: Yeah, my dad kind of brought that up Um, as we were watching the game. He's like, you know, when Andy thinks, you know, he's got it in the bag and he's not too worried about a game, like on the sidelines, his like body language is a lot more relaxed and laid back and kind of jovial. But he was like laser focused that game. He was really intense. And, uh, you know, maybe it was just because of the rivalry and all the, you know, bulletin board material behind that game. But, um, yeah, I mean. He got fired up on that that non-call on that intentional ground. That was bad. But you he, don't see Andy I, I, like that very yeah, often. I, that
1: was one of the most fired up I've ever seen him. Yeah. Uh, that would have been a big call. That would have been fourth down. Yeah. And they ended up scoring.
0: Uh, well, I mean, the Chiefs, um, you know, moved to, what, a 9-1 now with that. Um, and so, uh, you know, if they had lost that game, I think the percentage of them winning the AFC West would have been, like, in the 70s or something, having lost both games to the Raiders. But mm-hmm. I think we've got the division locked up at this point. We just can't, can't coast. But – um, so moving forward, um, you know, we have our fantasy segment. Um, we'll kind of gloss over that real quick. I know that you you play, right? Yeah, I'm old, remember? Not as much as I used to. <laughs> uh, is your team doing well this year? Uh, my team is fortunately doing well. You know. There you go. There you go. It's been a weird year in fantasy. It's uh, been yeah. a lot of waiver wire moves with all these injuries. But uh, Luke is out there. He's got a couple starting sits uh, for you. He said start Will Fuller, CeeDee Lamb, and James White. Um, James White had a great game. CD Lamb had an amazing catch in the in the end zone last week. But then he also said to sit the Chiefs' defense against the Bucks. You know that's uh, that's a good one there. Luke. <laughs> it seems pretty. But obvious. they may come
1: back fired up. I don't yeah. know.
0: We'll see. I mean, I don't know. They've been playing not very well. Um, and then for my waiver wire ads for the week, we'll go over real quick. Just a couple of receivers for you, Michael Pittman, uh, the Colts wide receiver who's been uh, getting a lot more target share lately uh, as the Colts have been doing surprisingly well. I think they're 7-3 now. Uh, And then Curtis Samuel or the Panthers uh, had a big game last week. He's kind of a hybrid running back, kind of like a Cordell Patterson. uh, As um, Christian McCaffrey's out, he's getting more touches. Uh, And then Jordan Reed of the 49ers, again, he came back from injury. He's been uh, getting a lot of targets as well with some of their wide receivers um, injured. But um, coming up in Week 12, um, you know, or Week 11, yeah, Week 12, excuse me. Uh, So beating the Patriots is always fun, Right. Uh, but there was something about it this year that just wasn't there. And is I mean, you know, you know, obviously we all hate Belichick, but I think our hatred for Brady runs a little bit deeper than that. Um, so with uh, with us finally facing Brady uh, down in Tampa, uh, what are your first thoughts for this game? Well, um,
1: I was looking forward to to whooping on him, mm. uh, you know. But Brady was a disaster last night. Yeah. And he's not one to typically lose two in a row, right? And something just wasn't clicking. I don't know if it was mental, but his he had passes that were way off. Oh yeah, and just had a bad game. And I, I he's 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 enough of a of a pro. As much as I don't like the guy, I don't like the guy at all. I think he has the biggest ego in North America. Yeah, and um, people say he's real. You know, the players say they're they're nice, but it certainly doesn't come off that way publicly. Um. And it's just Tom Brady, he's easy to hate. Yeah. Uh but I, I'm afraid he's gonna come back. You know, and and I'm not sure we've faced a passing attack quite like looking at like Mike, you know, we got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and you got Chris Godwin, Antonio Godwin, and, Brown now. And now you got A B, right? Mm-hmm. So that it, it is kind of like if you think about it in a lot of ways, like Evans's size and shape of Kelsey. Yeah, Godwin's kind of like you see his touchdown last like night getting dragged
0: back, and you just
1: oh well, you see the play before that too. He, yeah, that like you know had three guys that throw him down. And we're talking smack on him. The next play, He drags through him into the end zone. Yeah, and Godwin's kind of like uh, he's you know he's he's kind of like Hill, but not not as good. But you know he's a great route runner. Yeah, and uh, and then it's almost like AB's kind of like Sammy
0: mm-hmm. uh, possession receiver. Yeah. So
1: you so you've got. Kind of an
0: interesting interesting matchup. If Brady's throwing well, that's a hell of a passing attack. I know. And, I mean, that's the thing. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be up and down the field like it was on Sunday night because um, I just don't think our defense has it right now. Um, hopefully down the stretch we'll get smacked. I mean, honestly, if we lose this game, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, I thought we were going to go 14-2, and two, and this was the one game I was really worried about. So I was telling my brother last night, I was like, I really hope they win this game because the same way Brady doesn't rarely loses two in a row and the last thing you want him is pissed off going into yeah. this game and so um I think they they realize it's a big game obviously it's non division or non conference game so if we lose it it's not that big of a deal um so I mean we'll see but um Lucas's keys to victory this week are um first one's creativity on both sides of the ball keep rating guessing on defense with blitzes and unique schemes and then offensively involved everyone to keep their defense honest uh Pat just let him do the rest uh second one's uh find a way to win in the trenches again no pressure against uh, Derek Carr as we were talking about Brady will pick us apart if we don't get in his face he always does uh and then the last one is to attack early attack often push the ball down the field uh so we can sit back on our running game and coast to victory I thought they did a great job uh in this Raiders game of establishing the run you know they ended up getting Le'Veon some touches ended up getting his first touchdown and uh, Clyde had two touchdowns as well so um you know I I think I was surprised at how long we possessed. I mean, that, that second quarter, I think we only had like, or maybe the first quarter, we only had one possession each, or something crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was surprised. I thought they would have, you know, tried to score quicker and turn it into a shootout to see. But uh, you know, Andy knows what he's doing. Um, so coming up for this game, do you have a score prediction uh, for the Bucks Chiefs game? Oh, dude, I suck at this. Oh, I'm terrible at it. Trust me.
1: <laughs> uh, I'll say. I'll say 35-27 Chiefs.
0: I like it. I like it. Lucas was 35-28 to 28 Chiefs. And I'm going to go, um, again, I think this might be a game that we lose, but I'm going to go 38-31 Chiefs. Um, the guests are now in second place. Lucas took first place. Uh, with a. Uh, he's got 136 now. Guests are 143 on 162. It's like our scoring. <laughs> again, I'm terrible at this too, so don't worry about that. But, uh, Grant, really do appreciate your time this week. Thanks for uh, – you know, making some time to sit down with us and uh, talk proof and talk some football. It was, uh, it was good catching up with you. Uh, But that does it for week 12 of Talk and Chop. Whether you're listening on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple, make sure to subscribe to us uh, to catch our weekly episodes uh, with some of Kansas City's top executives and personalities. Uh, Again, Grant, thanks for being here. Have a good rest of your week. Have a great Thanksgiving with your family as well. Um, We'll catch you all next week. And as always, go Chiefs.